he just wailed the most painful cry of pain. And my little girl just started screaming, I want my daddy, I want my daddy. Firstly, my grandkids had never anticipated or prepared themselves for their mother's passing. I myself was not prepared that they wouldn't be here today, and I'm still not prepared. But God had a plan for my daughters. It's not so many deaths in COVID. I thought my father, my mother, both of them going to push through. It's strange how a year into a pandemic has a way of making illness and loss seem normal. South Africa's confirmed COVID-19 death toll is currently at 53,571. Usually, we would say something like the confirmed national death toll is above 53,000 to allow for our stories to have a bit more shelf life. But today, we're focusing on the individual. We're taking a moment to remember that every single number is a person. A daughter, a husband, and yes, maybe even someone's parent. Today on Boots on the Ground, behind South Africa's national headlines, we're going to listen to the stories of those who the pandemic has left orphaned. We're going to take a moment to remember the person they have lost and to mourn with them. For Boots on the Ground, behind South Africa's national headlines, I am your host, Paige Muller. Wrapping your head around the fact that COVID-19 could actually take one of your family members away from you is not an easy thing to do. Billy Badenhorst, age 24, was asked by his father, Dan Badenhorst, two years ago to look after his younger brother, Diervold, who's now 14, if anything were to happen to him. In January of this year, Dan asked Billy again, as he and his wife, Maliska, lay in hospital, dying from COVID. Dan died on January the 16th, and his wife just four days later, leaving the brothers orphaned and Billy an overnight parent. For Billy, the reality that COVID-19 could take both of his parents in the space of just a few days and leave him as the sole guardian of Diervald simply hadn't occurred to him. But yeah, I didn't think it's going to pass away. It's like, hey, yeah. There's not so many deaths in COVID. I thought my father, my mother, both of them going to push through. Mm. But, yeah, before I and the bad thing is there at the hospital, mm. uh, they were at BBH. Because um, my father and mother was quite struggling quite um, before all of this. So he didn't have a job like for a few years. Okay. And then, to be honest, quite just before everything happened, he has started working like three months before this, okay. everything just started going well. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they yeah. got COVID and we got COVID. And, yeah. A COVID-19 wave had passed through Billy's entire family and had affected himself, Diervald, his girlfriend, his grandfather and both his parents. 
but unfortunately, Billy's parents never left the hospital. Their deaths thrust Billy into the unknown role of guardianship to his baby brother, a role he never particularly wanted to play, and one which, as Billy is finding out, is accompanied with a lot of admin and daily concern. Uh, I never wanted to have children or anything, my girlfriend as well. But, yeah, this is what my father wanted me to do, and I promised him I will, so... Okay. Uh, and, of course, I love my brother, so mm. I don't mind doing it for him. But, yeah, it's, it's been a big change, to be honest. It's, mm. Yeah, it's something to get used to. It's still, we'll be still getting there into stuff, and... Mm. Yeah, I must say, parenting is like <laughs> just being being thrown thrown into the deep end is quite hard. To be honest, I'm still busy with everything. Oh, I'm it? busy with my with the um, what do you call it, the foster of my brother. Okay. I'm busy with all of the stuff of my father, the walls and mm. stuff. They, I've been busy every weekend, sure. still even now, oh, to get goodness. paperwork, to get mm. stuff because you know. Everywhere you go, they say, no, you have to go back, you need this. Then you go back, and then they say, no, it's not enough, you have to go get this again. So frustrating. It is actually, it just feels like I want to give up with all that stuff and Mm. just, yeah, leave it, but I know you can't, so, Mm. yeah. And and so have you have you or your brother or both of you had some kind of counselling or help? Yes, uh, my brother has been seeing the what call it school psychologist. Okay. And Medicare twenty four psychologists also offer to see him. Okay. Um, but my brother is quite a quiet person, and I don't want to move him the whole time from one psychologist mm-hmm. to another. So I asked him. Which would he prefer? So he said he'd like to stay at the school psychologist. Mm. And yeah, so mm. it's better for him to get used to one and speak to one. So mm. yeah, he's, busy. he's just seeing the school psychologist at the moment. Have you noticed a change in him, um, in his kind of attitude or, or um, anything like that? Is he still grieving? To be honest, it's really hard to see with him. He's like okay. a very close person. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I've been sitting with him at night, speaking with him. Mm-hmm. He, do- he doesn't really want to speak about it, so mm-hmm. I can't talk to him about it. So I try sometimes, but he doesn't want to. Sure. So, yeah, I hope he speaks to the mm-hmm. psychologist at least. I see that you've had a lot of help from your community. That must make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, myself, I thought I didn't know what I was going to do, taking on, on having someone to look after all mm. of the stuff I'm going to have to do. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, how it was going to work. Mm. Um, I know my brother's got epilepsy and I don't have money to pay for medical aid. And, mm. uh, so on, so I thought, hey, yeah. okay, and then uh, this uh, it was Sandy at Effie Hansen mm. that called the Good Morning Angels. Yes. Um, uh, she asked us to email them, uh, and then she emailed them, and yeah, everything just went very well from there. Oh, oh a lot lovely. better, actually. 
Um, yeah, and they called us. They helped us a lot. A lot of people called in afterwards, mm. helping helping us, especially Medicare. They've been helping us a lot oh, really? with my brother's medication. Oh, Any yeah. medical needs he's got, even me and my mm. girlfriend, they've been helping us with all of that. Um, sure, even yeah, it's Mike that uh, Medicare even asked my brother what he likes. So my brother said, Jim. So oh. Mike, yeah, so Mike got me and my brother a contract at the gym. Oh. So yeah, me and my brother has been going to gym every day. Well, after I finish work, I come pick him up and we go gym. Since, I, since we started start gymming, actually, it's been going a lot better. Oh. And it helps you keep your mind off everything. A lot. Yeah. I would just like to thank every single person who helped us, especially Yakaranda mm. um, that made everything possible with mm. Morning Angels. Mm. If it weren't for them, no one would have been able to reach out to us. So yeah, I would definitely like to thank them. Both young men were very close to their parents and are learning to deal with the shock. At the moment, they're staying with Billy's girlfriend's parents who were kind enough to open their home to both young men. It, it still feels unreal. Okay. If I can put it that way, it doesn't, doesn't feel realistic. Mm. It's still... It, I'm keeping myself busy, busy with work, mm. after work. I go to gym. I, if, if I sit down and I do nothing or something, mm. memories would come back and I would think about it. Mm. But, yeah, that's why I always keep myself busy. Mm. Um, yeah, up until when I sleep. Sometimes you don't really sleep, but... Mm. <laughs> that's a tale of just two of the 53,571. And already our hearts bleed for what Billy and his brother Diavolt are having to face. But they don't stand alone. In Langa, Cape Town, Gugu Sindiswa Lugulwana, aged 70, asks God to grant her a long life. She cares for her three orphaned grandchildren whose single parent mothers, twin sisters Pumla and Pumeza, both died of COVID-19 in January at the age of 45. Gogo Sindiswa has always looked after her grandchildren and for that she now feels blessed because she's comforted by the fact that they're not being shipped off to strangers. But much like Billy, she says her family didn't see the deaths coming and this loss was made harder by the fact that both of Gogo's daughters died within hours of one another. Firstly, my grandkids had never anticipated or prepared themselves for their mother's passing. I myself was not prepared that they wouldn't be here today, and I'm still not prepared. But God had a plan for my daughters. My grandkids were raised by me. I'm not saying it was always easy, but we did what we could to get by. They are not starting a new life. The only thing that is new is that their mothers are no longer with us. But the children know me well and are used to living with me. They already know everything about me and are used to my shouting when I have to reprimand them. 
They don't have to question how I raise them or worry about how I will treat them because they already know me. They didn't really know their mothers all that well because they were not raised by them. They were raised by me. The fact that I don't have to start a new life with my grandkids is a blessing from God. The oldest of Gogo's grandchildren is Sunday. He's just 20 and admittedly he's struggling with the loss. He says the sudden loss of his mother and having to be strong for his younger siblings has not been easy. I miss them and I think about them all the time. Life will never be the same again without them. There are so many things that they did for me. It's hard, and I cry all the time. They say that crying will help me heal and make me stronger. And I trust that when I do cry, I will be stronger. I have to accept what has happened, try to move on with my life, and not get stuck in one place. I have to try and not be angry about what happened because it will ruin my life. They wouldn't want to see me get stuck in life because they died and their souls won't find peace. So I console myself by trying to find acceptance and carrying on with my life. I am not alone. I have God on my side. I will leave the rest in his hands. As the eldest, do you ever find that you struggle with expressing your grief because you feel you need to be strong for your younger siblings? No, I do express my grief because I feel there's nothing I need to hide from them. If I hide my pain, I think it would make things even worse. It would fuel my anger even more and they wouldn't understand why I'm so angry because they've never seen me cry. So I cry in front of them so they can understand and we can talk about what happened and how we feel about it. Gogo Sindiswa, who suffers from diabetes and also cares for her 94-year-old mother, is terrified of dying because that would leave her grandchildren without support. She says she's concerned about the children's emotional well-being. She says she's noticed a change in how her grandchildren behave, particularly the 13-year-old boy and Sunday himself. About Sunday, you mentioned that Sunday sometimes has angry outbursts. Yes, I've noticed that sometimes Sunday does things without thinking, like he's on autopilot. We'll be eating and then he will eat and just leave his space in a mess. I'll call out to him to say that he must pay attention to what he's doing and clean up after himself. And when I reprimand him, he gets angry, really angry, despite the fact that I'm asking him to do the right thing. Sometimes I wonder to myself, what is really going on with him? Because this is not how he normally behaves. He's not really himself. He is usually a well-behaved child who listens when you speak to him. But all of a sudden, he even has the nerve to click his tongue at me when I reprimand him. I don't know what's going on in his mind, but we're trying to get by. 
I don't know if he needs counseling because maybe he thinks too much. I'm wondering that if we're going to be constantly shouting at each other, then maybe he should go and stay with his aunt in the back room. The way he is right now, I sometimes dread even trying to talk to him. But after all is said and done, he's always the one who comes back to ask for forgiveness and try and make things right between us. I don't know if it's because he has now processed his feelings, but I will hear him trying to talk to me. That's when I feel like I want to talk to him too. But it's hard sometimes to talk to him after he has clicked his tongue at me. I tell him all the time that clicking his tongue is not going to get him anywhere. He still has these outrageous outbursts of anger, but I also understand why. He still has a lot of anger about his mother and his aunt's deaths because he loved them so much. He is still very angry and is still trying to understand why and how they died. Nati, the boy. Nati was always with friends. They would always be in and out of the house saying they had skateboard training with their coach. I even had to request that he bring his coach home because what if one day Nati gets injured or hit by a car and I wouldn't know who this man they call coach is. But after his mother's death, he just refused to meet with his friends. Even when they were standing outside the house calling for him, he'd just hide away and ask me to tell them that he wasn't home. I don't know the reason and I've asked him many times. Nati, why won't you play with your friends? And all he says is, no, I just don't want to. He just stays in the house. His sister is different. She has always been a loner and spent most of her time indoors. She never seemed to get bored with her own company, so I don't worry too much about her. She would spend time with her mom when she was off work, but other than that, she had always passed her time indoors. A new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found a staggering number of children in the United States have lost one or both parents to COVID-19. In South Africa, no one has tallied the number of children who have lost a parent. But data shows there have been more than 42,000 excess deaths during the pandemic among people aged between 30 and 54. The age group in which many parents fall. The US researchers from the universities of Stony Brook and Southern California said children bereaved of parents were at high risk of traumatic grief, depression, poor school performance, and even unfortunately, suicide. Grace Ruhan cannot understand why at seven years old, she no longer has a daddy, while her mother who is in her 40s still has hers. Grace and Daniel Ruhan's mother Bianca said the memory of her children's grief when they learnt of their father's death will always haunt her. I have two children, Daniel who's 18 years and has just finished matric and Grace who's seven as, and is in grade two. My husband's name was Josiah Rowan. Uh, he just turned 51 on the 13th of January and he passed away on the 13th of February. My husband and I contracted COVID just before Christmas last year and my illness progressed very rapidly. I became very ill. By day nine, I was at the point of death. I didn't know if I would wake up. Jose's um, illness at first was not as aggressive as mine, but it seemed as soon as I made a recovery, he became very, very ill. 
and he could not breathe. They found out that he not only had COVID pneumonia, but he also had a nasty strain of H1 influenza. I had been there in the morning because they had asked me to come in because he was declining. And I left my little girl in the care of my older son and I went through to the hospital. And I got a sense, you know, we had been really standing in faith for his healing. But I got a sense that I needed to release him. And I said to him, because I've heard from other doctors that, that when they sedated, many patients can remember hearing the, the voices of their loved ones. So I just said to him, Jose, if, if you are in a better place, if you are in heaven with Jesus, I release you and we will be okay. An hour later, they called me to tell me that he had passed away. My children and I were in the lounge together and my son said, what happened, mom? And I just said, daddy's going to be with Jesus. And he just, he just wailed the most painful cry of pain. And my little girl just started screaming, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, I want my daddy. It's something that you don't forget. Bianca says that herself and her two children have received a lot of support from their friends and family. But of course, life without her husband will never be the same. My children have really grieved and are grieving the loss of their father. He was an incredible father, really present in their lives and really hands-on in terms of their care. My son says that he knew his dad loved him and therefore he has no unfinished business. But as a young man who's just finished matric, he really wishes that his father could have been here for longer to guide him and advise him as he moves into his future. My daughter is taking it really badly and she does not understand why at seven years old she does not have a daddy and I have a daddy in my 40s. She says things like, I'm not, I wasn't ready for my daddy to go. I miss my daddy so much. What am I going to do without my daddy? It's the most heartbreaking thing to watch her grieve to see the sense of how robbed she feels of having a dad when she's so little. But it's very difficult when I'm also grieving and my emotions are quite brittle um, to hold space for my children and also just allow them to grieve. Durban clinical psychologist Nazia Osman said that the death of a parent was one of the most stressful events a child can experience, potentially leading to self-isolation, social withdrawal, anxiety and low self-esteem. Allowing children to grieve and helping them find a sense of peace and comfort can be hard, but it is also critical. Uh, 
my children have very different very different coping mechanisms my son as a teenager is finding a lot of comfort with being with his friends and um thank goodness some of his friends have amazing parents who are also very supportive of him and what he's going through um i also have an amazing father my dad is very present in my children's lives and he's a strong role model and so is my cousin who um, lives next door a very strong male role model and many others in our social circle and family that even my husband's friends that have you know reached out to him and are there they are there they're present my daughter um i got advice from the psychologist to that to help her have something concrete so we are in the process of putting together an album we've already started of her favorite pictures of her father and she is writing little captions in her own handwriting under each picture for what it means to her and that is her little album and her little keepsake of her dad and we talk about him um, I'm not afraid to weep in front of my children um, but I am I am holding up um, and so are they due to our faith and our faith that gives us hope that he is in heaven and that heaven is our home and one day we will join him in eternity. There are no words to sum up the value of a single life particularly the life of a parent to a growing child. What we can say is that every COVID-19 death is more than just a number on a global or national ranking somewhere. It's a household in grief and a loss that ripples through a family, distorting and changing the face of any family. For Multimedia Live, I've been Paige Muller. You are listening to Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samad Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head Scott Peter Smith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.